Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. I am one of your hosts, name of Alexander Holland, (laughs) and I'm here sat across the planet through bits and bytes with my number one digital download dirty boy, John Maloney. (laughs) Hi, everyone. And we want to say it's episode... Number 62. 62. Don't say you've gone. Say you've tuned in for the podcast. And you'll tune in again later on. Hey, 62. <laughs> Thanks. That was a special a special version of that song we had written in by John Williamson. He <laughs> changed a couple of lines for us uh, because... He's a fan of the cast. And wanted <laughs> to do a special version. <laughs> Can I just say the the affection is not reciprocated, at least from me. I'm afraid. <laughs> Sorry, John. I don't like you. I don't like your music. <laughs> my John wants to make it clear that he any any of my musical taste. John always has to just jump in and say, "Look, I, I just I need everybody to know that I do not share I'm not part of this. I do not." Sh- I do not share Al's interest in these various artists. I do not like Coldplay. I do not like John Williamson. <laughs> I need that to be understood. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, we always do a fun energy exercise. Sometimes we we do we, we do them off mic. Mm. We do special breathing exercises. We do cold plunges. <laughs> energy, energy, energy. Yeah, <laughs> really <laughs> getting the... <laughs> Huh. Getting the sternum, getting the yeah. vocals activated. Getting that's right. We do vocal exercises. Mm. La more mi ma more. So after all of that, this morning, John, mm-hmm. nighttime, you. Mm-hmm. What would you say your energy levels are at on a scale from one to two? <laughs> one to two. Two being energetic. One being d- yeah. deceased. Well, just. Whatever you want, that's up for interpretation. Okay, yeah. I'm going to say a one and a half. I'm, sw- I'm right in the sweet <laughs> you spot. You say that. <laughs> it was deliberately set up so you couldn't choose halves. You chose the point. You chose point five. <laughs> I'm always just trying to find that glitch in the matrix. <laughs> Do you have anything special that you want to say to everybody yeah, look, out there? Yeah, I'd like to give a little shout out to a couple of uh, beloved friends and fans of the show, some of whom who, some of whom reached out to us uh, during the week. In particular, Phil, who responded warmly to oh, our yeah. discussion of abrupt film endings, and just uh, a recap for those who haven't listened yet. I urge you to listen. But it was an examination of movies that had had abrupt endings and movies that missed opportunities to have abrupt endings that would have been good. And Phil pointed to a movie called Executive Decision, starring none other than Steven Seagal, where Steven's death occurs in the first few minutes of the film, which is quite interesting and deliberately misdirecting because he appears alongside Kurt Russell on all of the kind of promotional material for the film. So you're naturally led to believe it's going to be a kind of two-hander and they're both going to feature prominently. And it involves special forces agents who board a plane in midair, but one of them is immediately killed within minutes of the start of the film. And then it just proceeds without him. So it's just, it just gives this real air of unpredictability and tension to the film. Breaking new ground, like so many of Steven's films, I look. I looked at the poster for that, and I saw that Halle Berry is in the film mm, as well. She is indeed. And I just, I just thought, what a different time that was, where Steven Seagal and Halle Berry would be on the same bill. Mm, it's true. Yeah, you're not going to get a Steven Seagal Halle Berry film in 2022. You're definitely not. Actually, no. And that is a excellent natural segue into what you've been real begging me to say about. 
so please say about it maybe i'll just i'll put in the little the little sort of i call it the i call it the the little the junior bumpers thing which is a tiny piece of the original theme Mm. that comes in quite quick if if we segue into a segment quite quickly after the intro then i just throw in one of these little stabby a little stabby and that just says hey everybody don't worry you don't have to listen to us talking without any break there's a, just a few seconds of break yeah to let you know we're moving on to the next bit don't worry guys we're managing it's all carefully curated it's not going to be <laughs> any more talk about 62 <laughs> we're not going to talk about the, the periodic table and what the number 62 stands for we're past all that but when I was saying when I was saying that the talk about Steven Seagal made a good segue, yeah. that's because the entire episode today is about Steven Seagal. So it's a perfect segue. <laughs> really ideal. And the film executive decision. So thank you, Phil. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. That's a very convenient segue into the entire episode about executive decision and Steven Seagal. <laughs> No, I'd been saying to you. So this is why I wanted. This is why I got this idea. Mm. Is because I live in Berlin next to a couple of abandoned video stores. Ah. So there's quite a few around Berlin still of the old video store buildings mm. that have been out of business for years, but they haven't been. Uh, they haven't been repopulated with a new business or knocked down okay. or renovated or anything. So I go past a lot of ghostly old video stores mm. and How can you tell how can need- you tell that they is it the shape or do they still have video store get up on them? Some of them still save so I think it was a I think it was either a franchise mm-hmm. or a company called Video World. Okay. It was big at least in Berlin at some point. So you'll see You'll see sometimes the actual video world signage is still up mm-hmm. with the big letters on top of the on top of the um, the building. And to be honest, some of them, a couple of them, I know is because I saw them as as functioning video stores when I lived here. Wow! So that recent two thousand thirteen, two thousand thirteen fourteen, mm. I definitely went to a video world mm. on Hermannstrasse, mm-hmm. and also. I think a lot of the video worlds bought these life-size Spider-Men that they then stuck on the side of the video <laughs> store wall. Ah. So you would often see, you'd see an empty building with maybe a curvature glass frontage yep. and a Spider-Man yeah, just okay. hanging above. Wow. And it just made me think, the thing that I, after having watched a few documentaries over the years, mm. things like the rise and fall of blockbuster video, mm. The thing that really strikes me is how ubiquitous video stores were mm. for our lifetime mm. and how it seemed like a thing that would that was always there yeah. and would always be there. Yeah. And of course it it turns out that they basically exploded in popularity right around the time you and I were born, yep. which is nineteen eighty two, the early eighties. Yep. So we just grew up thinking, man, the video store part of life. is as much a part of my life as Oxygen. Exactly. Gravity and a blue sky and a video store. That's how the universe That's works. That's right. They, they, are, they are the constants. You just thought the video stores will be gone the day the sun burns itself out. <laughs> but until that day, yeah. I'm going to hold on to my laminated plastic cards, <laughs> yes, exactly. make sure I get my tapes back so I don't pay my late fees. Yeah, make sure you rewind them. But the weird thing is, as, as massive as they were and as ubiquitous as they felt, they were really only around... For 30 years, mm. it was a tight 30 mm. for the video rental world. It's funny, isn't it? What can you think about what I'm saying? I've got to get better at this. That handover. It'll never give me my own <laughs> <laughs> what, what? What can you think? <laughs> what do you think about what I'm saying? <laughs> make, it really diff- make it really difficult, like not helping, not helping you at all. <laughs> Do you want me? Do you want me to elaborate on what you've just said? Do I do my own bit? Yeah, now? exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally true. Pe- loyal listeners of the show will remember that uh, we did briefly touch on video stores in one episode. I think it was around spring last year when I went to the last remaining video store in Melbourne, 
which is not part yes. not part of a chain. It's actually just a one off, uh, just a boutique store in in North Melbourne. But I was that led me to think about it then. This idea that we did kind of assume that it was always going to be around, and it was kind of part of the cultural furniture. I've talked a little bit on the show about how I watch sometimes listen to Seinfeld as a kind of ASMR exercise when yeah. I'm trying to sleep. And and when you suggested this, I started thinking about, you know, that era when we were kind of growing up and video stores were ubiquitous. And even in the show Seinfeld, there is a video store that they repeatedly go back to, which forms the kind of backdrop of several episodes. So like, for you yeah. know, for example, like people will, people or fans will remember like there's an episode where Elaine gets kind of enamored with a particular video store staff member who she doesn't, she's never met face to face, but she falls in love with him mm. based on his Vincent pi- Vincent's picks. Yeah. And he, <laughs> and he turns out to be like a pimply teenager. And, uh, um, and then there's other ones where like, you know, that George meets Susan in the video store and things like yeah. that. It's just kind of, Do you know that I looked up the name of the video store. I just found it out before the show. It's let me see. Champagne video. Champagne video yeah. is so good. And a uh, a young Patton Oswalt yeah, is one of the video that's clerks. Right. Exactly. Not to mention, yeah. of course, the film Clerks, which features as one of the main protagonists a guy who is a kind of classic nineties slacker who works in a video store. But anyway, Man. yeah, it's everybody wanted to work in the video store. Everybody wanted to work in the video store as like a mm. young a slacker you just thought you'd probably get free tapes. Mm. And you, all the girls want a guy that got free tapes. Exactly. Because it was like a very undemanding seeming job, but also one that gave you this kind of cultural cred where you could sort of opine about various movies. And like the guy in Clerks does, he's kind of a, he's kind of a philosopher, wisecracking philosopher character uh, yeah. who, just, who just sort of whiles away his days behind the counter in a video store. If- if somebody is, if we've got, if there's a parent that's listening to our podcast right now, John, mm-hmm. and they've got a little little child that's maybe 12 years old that crawls up to them <laughs> and pulls on their trouser leg mm. and the, the parent says, what are you crawling for? You're 12 years old. <laughs> and they say, I just want to <laughs> say, okay. This question's so important that it's knocked me off my feet. I'm loving this cast, Dad, but I don't know what's a video store. Mm. What would you say to to Tanya Twelve <laughs> to, a cr- to a crawling twelve year old? I mean, I think I've got. She raises a number of concerning questions, uh, but putting aside anything that might let's warrant- take let's take the responsibility off the shoulder of. Her dad, who's, oh, this is too hard. Yeah. It's like explaining the birds and the bees. It's too awkward. Leave it to John. <laughs> John's going to help you understand the video store. Okay. So the video store, uh, obviously I did I did my research as I always do, hours and hours. Yeah. Videos, the first example of a video store is in, was in Germany. Uh, in the, I saw this myself. In the town of Kass- Kessel. Kessel, that's right. If I remember correctly, that was a... Uh, guy who sold Super 8s, and we might come back to some of the yeah. history of it, uh, who rented Super 8s, I should say. But basically it's a classic, the classic formulation is a store that makes money by renting out. Uh, initially it was VHS tapes, and then yeah. they broadened into console cartridges. Video uh, games. And then, of course, with the arrival of, with the, arrival of the DVD, they segued largely to DVD collections, um, and I think some of them probably sold those those films for permanent ownership, but primarily they were renting them. And so you'd go in and you'd get, you know, like a kind of library set up where you'd get benches stacked with different genres of films. You'd have your action, you'd have your horror, you'd have your new sci-fi. release, exactly. At the new release for whatever's just come out. Yeah. Then. Exactly. And then B, often the new release would be high high turnover, so you'd only be able to rent it yeah. for like a night or two nights, whereas you get your kind of more That's sort of- right, your weekly, Your weekly, you your overnight. Yeah. You're reminding me of things, John. Mm. That's right. And- Weeklies have been out for ages. You get a bunch of 80s 
for me, it'd be like, oh, you can have Ghostbusters for a week. Exactly. You can only have Jurassic Park for a night. For a couple of nights. For one precious evening. And then. <laughs> one precious evening with, with Wayne Knight. Wayne Knight. <laughs> oh, you mean Jurassic Park. <laughs> well, it's all the cast of the latest. We won't spoil this episode by talking about the travesty of the Jurassic Park uh, saga, but all of the. A lot of the original cast has reprised their roles for the latest one. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill, uh, Laura Dern, I think. If that's Laura Dern, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway. Raptor. The Raptor, the Velociraptor. Raptor came, Raptor's agent got in touch, so got <laughs> Raptor back in. <laughs> um, so you'd go in, you'd have your different genres and if, like me, uh, you were a dirty teen, you might, you know, there might be a arcade machine in the corner and you'd have a little bit of yes. a crack on that as well. You might play some Street Fighter. You'd wait for your parents to leave and you'd have a little bit of a skulk down the adult films aisle, see what was going on there. Yeah, because, of course, this was pre, pre-internet, pre so you mm. had to be more public with your pornography <laughs> consumption. You didn't have the luxury. <laughs> no. Of putting the do putting the duvet over your head <laughs> with your laptop, <laughs> you had to you had to go into an aisle. Yeah, and I mean, in, uh, but I'm thankfully, not sure. I'm not sure what you're about to say. <laughs> I think this is might be specific to you. You had to, you had to pu- publicly do your business in a video store because <laughs> there was no internet. Go. You had to go. You had to go into the video store in a very long coat. <laughs> you had to put fake hands in the sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, and they were quite, you know, quite unique environments. And it's that thing where you kind of think, well, the last, I mean, we both would have had local ones as, as a lot of people would. The last time you go to it, you sort of don't think, well, this is yeah. my, this is the last time I'm going to be in here. You know, it's just not. It's just kind of went from being this very normal thing to suddenly being endangered. And in fact, we're in the kind of last gasp of that now. Like I was again looking at a little bit of the history, and one of the major chains in Australia, which was also my local one, was a place called Video Easy, which has a pretty t- oh, yeah. typical story uh, in that it was. Um, you know, very, very big, had kind of probably hundreds or thousands of stores in Australia at a, at a given time, but now uh, has nothing. And um, only it was only in 2021, so post-pandemic, that it uh, keeled oh, over altogether. Well, nobody was getting tapes, but what was happening was they went the way of probably a, a number of those stores and went into like kiosks. Which just raises the further question, who was renting DVDs from a kiosk? But they were basically like DVD vending machines that you would somehow huh. rent DVDs from, I think, in shopping centres and things like that. Ah, uh, okay. And they, and they, I mean, they mustn't have been doing very well and presumably COVID did them in altogether. But initially they tried to do, um, to kind of compete with, the sort of mm. internet mail order DVD rentals, which was how Netflix yeah. started. Um, yeah, which Netflix popularized almost 25 years ago. Mm. Isn't that crazy? 1997, Netflix started doing that. So that's when they started some somewhat interrupting the market. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they certainly interrupted the market of uh, of physical um, video distribution they got because it was obviously a physical product. They were mailing mm. out... DVDs because DVDs were were much more compact mm-hmm. than VHS cassettes, so it was mm. much easier to get them. Famously, the guy I think it was Reed Hastings is certainly one of the founders. Okay, um, and he he had the idea, and then he mailed himself a DVD in I think the standard envelope that you could send a letter in. Yeah, and it got through, and then he just was like, "Oh my god, we've mailed this in the same package that a letter comes in." Mm. So one assumes that the postage was going to be fairly similar cost. Mm. Maybe that was ended up being slightly more expensive, but yeah. And then Netflix, so started off by mailing out DVDs, which then was a threat to the video stores. Yeah. And then eventually Netflix went to a subscription model okay. where you could, 
you paid a you paid a monthly fee and you could have as many DVDs mailed to your house as you wanted. Ah. And then you would and they came with a return envelope or and then there was a Dropbox or something. Mm-hmm. And then and then uh yeah, so the convenience, that's really what started pre-streaming, that's what started to do in the video stores hmm. was Netflix just changing the whole model. Mm. No late fees, that was the big thing. No late fees with ah. Netflix. Yeah, the late fees could be quite punishing. I yeah, I remember basically right. abandoning video stores because I because I've been blacklisted for you know putting not giving something back for a couple of months and then uh, and then you'd owe them like a couple of hundred dollars and you'd be like oh, well, yeah you, just go somewhere else you owed you owed Ghostbusters two tapes all over town <laughs> why do you need so many copies yeah because you'd wear it out because you'd wear it out yeah from I was, so many watches wear it out I keep. I'd keep it'd be like all deeply scratched anytime Slimer appeared because I'd keep I'd have to do my <laughs> obsessive frame by frames. <laughs> Just kept listening to the credit sequence with On Our Own by Bobby Brown over and over again. Your favorite song. Not buying the CD. Just what you had to see the the credits roll. You needed that feel, that closure, yeah. that closure feel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because they were so ubiquitous, mm. you didn't. I didn't really realize how unique the feeling was of the video store experience until, mm. on reflection, it's now gone. And I think about they were always. It was always such a joyous experience mm. to go to a video store. I was never in a video store going, <laughs> "I'm having a terrible time." It was always a time of excitement and possibility. Yeah. And unlike streaming services, I guess. One of the most striking things about a video store was the physical and visual experience mm. of choosing films mm. based on these walls and walls and walls as far as the eye could see mm. of the spines. In the weekly section, you'd have typically the spines mm. and the few front-facing tapes and the new releases. You might just get all the front-facing and you could just let your eyes... Feast, yeah, exactly. On this huge environment of thousands and thousands of colorful covers, yeah, and you could just wander and just let you follow the vibe. If yeah, you didn't know what you wanted. Yeah, you would often go there and be overwhelmed with choice. That was another thing I remember was going. I mean, you have the same thing happen now, perhaps even more so with with streaming services where you literally have every film that's ever made. Yeah, 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 yeah. But even in video stores, you would go in and you'd, you'd go in thinking, I'm going to get a videotape. Mm. And then you'd go, I don't know what I want. And you'd wander mm. for hours, your, go down different your mom, aisles. Mum and dad would say, come on, get in the car, just pick something. Get, come on, just pick something. <laughs> come on. What about Hook? What about Hook with <laughs> Dustin Hoffman as Hook? My dad would say. Mm. Pick it, my dad would say. Pick a Dustin Hoffman film. <laughs> Hook. I guess Hook counts, he'd say. Yeah. I guess Hook counts. Hook. You go home. go home and watch <laughs> Hook and Midnight Cowboy on a Friday night. That whole experience of browsing in a physical environment, I think, is something that particularly interests me because, you know, it seemed pretty straightforward and unremarkable at the time, but it's kind of been lost. But I remember about 10 years ago, I wrote this little article about how, you know, you used to be able to go into these places and and you would get a kind of wall of choices that was curated by somebody else and it might just be the video chain, but then, you know, there might be kind of this thing like Vincent's Picks type scenario where somebody who worked at the video store was kind of doing a bit of curating and suggesting things to you. But you would go in and, you know, you weren't, you were confronted with this wall of options and sometimes you'd get like 
pretty random off-the-wall stuff, which explains why straight-to-video films or films that were not necessarily straight-to-video but did quite poorly at the cinema ended up being kind of sleeper hits because maybe people just yeah. randomly started picking them and then word of mouth spread. But then, you you know, you, you, there's not really yet, I mean, certainly before streaming, there was no experience that really replicated that. And even now, I feel like, you know, the sort of algorithm that drives what you're exposed to when you log on to Netflix or various streaming services means that the experience is quite different from that of like physically browsing through a shelf. I remember um I remember once we especially once we got to high school there became a selection of films mm-hmm. that I don't know if they were ever at the cinema maybe some of them were at briefly at the cinema in Australia but film I'm thinking films like Mole Rats mm. I'm thinking films like Empire Records mm-hmm. these films that everybody I'm thinking films Boondock Saints Boondock Saints I'm thinking of dazed and confused, mm-hmm. these kinds of stonery, slackery. You gotta get the tape and have a pizza party. Yeah, all your friends. True. Yeah, they they were like video classics, weren't they? And uh, and you know, it became a kind of thing where a decent video store might might represent its cred by having that kind of selection. Uh, and as well, there's the kind of classic sort of, it's a bit like going into a cinema, but it was, you know, th- there'd be like lots of sometimes vintage movie posters up. that would often be like the cardboard cutouts, yeah. things like that. Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. She's going to be everywhere. Exactly. I saw an article. I, I looked up 10 things that we miss from video stores mm. and some guy had just written the so many, so many movie covers of that era were looking through girls' legs. Like the <laughs> covers of the tapes were always, it would be it would be kind of a sexy girl's legs yeah. in the forefront and then right. there'd be kind of nerdy looking guys yeah. or whatever. The camera would be behind her looking through the legs. Yeah, that's true. I mean, actually the video, the video era goes hand in hand with that particular style, which I'm sure somebody out there will know. I'm sure there's a handful of artists mm. that painted all of those beautiful... Mm. Movie posters of that era, things like those kind of national lampoony. Yeah, looking. that's what I always think of. Yeah, because they were they're like hand drawn d- depictions yeah. of all the characters in some slightly caricatured style. Yeah, very slightly caricatured, mm. but also very well done. Mm. So it was obvious who was who. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Colors. It's a bit. It's a bit similar because you know they were physical objects that had to sort of draw your eye. Yeah. It's a bit similar to the way people talk about nostalgically about what's lost when you got rid of vinyl and you got rid of all the sort of elaborate art that accompanied a vinyl release. Uh, you know, there was a there was a kind of degraded form of that with uh with DVDs and videos. And now, I don't know, I guess you have the the cover forming a kind of digital square on on your Netflix. Yeah. But then you have Page. you. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there's renditions of Stranger Things posters and Stranger Things images where they've mm. because Stranger Things is a total nostalgic throwback to that era where the artwork mm. they've got somebody to draw it in the same style, so it looks yeah, like okay. yeah that those makes covers. Sense. And I've seen I've seen a few films that have done that that have gone. Let's get that kind of eighties hand drawn look. Mm. Yeah. When was the last time, do you reckon, if you would estimate it, that you rented or bought a DVD or video? I think the last time, shout out to my friend Nico, who's a listener to the cast. I think mm-hmm. the last time I was in a video store was in Video World on Hermannstrasse, mm-hmm. uh, right by Bodenstrasse U-Bahn station. And I was with Nico at his place. And he had a PlayStation and he said, let's pop down to the video store. I mm. want to rent a new game that's just come out. And this would have been in 2013, I want to okay. say. And even then, even then, I remember being in there going, I cannot believe this still, <laughs> this is still exists. Yeah. yeah. And I was looking at the people in there just going, didn't you guys get the memo? What are you doing in here? <laughs> Nobody needs to be here anymore. Yeah, exactly. Just it's just ten bucks a month. What are you crazy? Get a Netflix subscription. Yeah. Um 
But there are, I mean, obviously there's still a market for people. Like it amazes me when I go to JB Hi-Fi, which is an Australian chain and there'll be equivalents elsewhere, but that there are still markets for people buying DVDs. You know, it's kind of like- DVDs and CDs. Yeah. My friend Sam, shout out to Sam. Sam still buys CDs because she enjoys- Mm. She enjoys owning the physical product and she's hyper into music and bands and she likes mm. going and having a physical representation of the album yeah, I can and see she's that. got a big, beautiful CD collection. Mm. Um, do you have, I thought we could do shout outs to some classic yeah. Adelaide video stores. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to start off with me being, I'm going to give a big shout out. To all the Prospect crew, I'm talking about Metro Video on Prospect <laughs> Road next to the gas station. That oh, was yeah. out. I can see the logo in my head, the M for mm. Metro with the mm. classic 80s looking bacteria print on the M. And the mm. guy that owned it was very odd. And, <laughs> and he, I remember that he gave me and my friend Claire a hard time once because I never had my own card. I just had mum's card and then he right. was like not didn't want to let me rent movies once even though I'd been going there for 20 years. <laughs> he said I know that you're not Marie and I was like uh, yeah I know that too bro. Can I can I please just have Independence Day because it's got Will Smith and he's going to make sure <laughs> that no aliens take over this world and he said <laughs> fair point. Take the <laughs> take the tape he said. <laughs> I commend it to you. <laughs> And if you wanna, if you wanna cross over to Main North Road, and you wanna cross over, you wanna start heading up, and you wanna go, or keep going up there, and you mm-hmm. wanna cross over Regency Road. Well, I commend you on your decision because you're about to come right up <laughs> on the left hand side to the world famous Atlantic Video, which was enormous. Oh and had yeah, a, it had everything you could possibly want. All the games. All the films, the snacks, it was huge. And uh, <laughs> people used to come from miles around because of the selection at Atlantic mm. Video. I think they had a couple of branches, but the, the one we always went to was up May North Road. You had a special video rental store that had a special place in your heart, John. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you through a couple. Ooh. A uh, couple of dozen. Uh, that. There's one that my local one when I was growing up was a video easy, I believe, on okay. uh, on Portrush Road. And I used to go down there and there was, it might have been in the video store itself. I'm, I think it was. Um, and if it wasn't, it was in the shop next door, whatever that was. It was a uh, Mortal Kombat 2 arcade machine, played some Mortal Kombat 2. And it was just like, you know. Everything in that little, it was a little kind of um, nook sort of uh, collection of shops, a little, you know, like there might've been sort of 10 parking spaces and there was a fish and chip shop and there was a Mate, video fish store. fish and chips in a video, kids these yeah. days, you never place. know. No, that's right. You can't and it was like, TikTok that. You can't it was like, TikTok that. <laughs> exactly. We sound very old, but uh, <laughs> but- but it was like the concentrated essence of Friday night was just like video <laughs> store, get some get some pizza grease on your fingers and go and play Mortal Kombat on the arcade. Man, next week we'll have to explain to the kids what fish and chips was. <laughs> and um Yeah, and then I remember probably the last time I Well, I remember I don't necessarily remember the last time I went to to that video store. But I do remember the last time I kind of lived in a, uh, you know, the last sort of stage in my life where a local video store was kind of around and was still a thing and was relevant was in Oxford in the UK. And there was a store there called Videosyncratic, which was owned by a couple of guys who were sort of, you know, uh, snobbish in the kind of comic book store guy mold uh, and and for them, it was like a real passion project to have this place that offered like titles that were a little bit kind of alternative and subversive and whatever, and to kind of curate this store in a in a way that was quite special. But I remember being out the front of Video Syncratic and watching, and I don't I might have even got something signed just for the hell of it. 
there was a guy who was a kind of extra from Star Wars. Okay. You know, extra in the sense that he had played like an X-Wing fighter pilot who might have been in the film for about two seconds and didn't okay. have a line. But he was a he was from Oxfordshire, I think, and he was an old guy who just had come to the store because, you know, the kind of video store film aficionado nerds were there like going, oh, wow, it's this guy from mm. Empire Strikes Back and he was doing a little book signing out the front. And also at that time I had a uh, rent, I rented a house that came with furniture and one of the pieces of furniture was a TV in my bedroom that had a VHS slot built yeah, into the TV. Yeah, I remember those, of course. Mm. The combo. Yeah. So I would, um, I think basically just for the, what was then already a kind of nostalgic experience. I would go, I went to the charity shop a couple of times, bought a couple of DVDs. And I remember watching, for example, the film Stand By Me oh, yeah. in, on, on VHS in this, on this TV in my bedroom, uh, which would have been probably the last time I've watched anything on VHS, I presume. Um, and I like to think that when archaeologists look back on civilization in 10,000 years, there'll be a layer, which is just, which is some kind of, some kind of, they'll give a name to it. Like, you know, video light or something, which is like a calcified VHS tapes. There'll be a little layer of that. Then there'll be a layer of DVDs. (laughs) (laughs) Can I do another shout out to a famous Adelaide video store? This one goes out to my friend. Tom yeah. from Gwyn Roberts, oh, king yeah. of slip of the tongue. You'd always catch <laughs> that Tom Roberts at Alpha Video on McGill Road, which maybe you're familiar with, John, because you were kind of around that area. But yeah, that was I, a I big boy too. Even had laser discs, I remember, which I very rarely saw. Mm. They would even let you have a laser disc, which was a later digital technology, uh, mm. which never made it. It was too cumbersome and dvds became the disc of choice for you to watch your favorite movies on what it's for me thinking about the rise and fall of video stores made me think about the the kind of rise and fall of the straight to video movie industry yeah and and the fact that there might be some lesser known films that came out of that industry that you know maybe didn't and even some like pretty good stuff that might have just been a bit obscure that didn't make it onto any of the streaming services, didn't sure. make it onto YouTube, and and is just gone, which is kind of a strange thought. It's the same with music. You know, there's always going to be a few mm. things that just didn't, they just, whatever, they weren't really with a mm. distributor. If, they're not, if you're not with a distributor and nobody's that mm. interested, then your mm. stuff's not getting digitized. Mm. Exactly. So then it just, I guess there's people, there's small, like small collections where people kind of keep it in analog form. But I remember my friend Rob, shout out to Rob, telling a story about how his wife, Jess, wanted to watch a film or I think think it's a film or maybe it's a series that was on BBC called I, Claudius, which was quite famous at the time. Uh, It's it's like considered a bit of a classic and uh, it's it's like a 70s BBC um, adaptation, television adaptation of a novel by uh, Robert Graves about uh, the uh, Roman era. And uh, he had to buy a DVD player and buy the box set in order for uh, that to happen. Because it just, it just wasn't anywhere. Which is kind of a, it's kind of a foreign idea that something might be... Like, it seems quite fragile for something to only exist now in a non-digital form. You know, it could yeah. just like... And and then there, I mean, there's like then you kind of get into like apparently there are episodes of things like Doctor Who, which were just filmed and then never really preserved, and they're just yeah. Gone. Well, uh, there was no there was no video until the 1950s, so mm. anything that was being televised up until the mid 50s, well, mm. it's it was shown once and then gone because they had no way of recording it. Crazy. So if you're watching a television show in 1950. That's mm. that's gone. That doesn't exist anywhere. It's amazing, isn't it? It was the, <laughs> it was the ephemeral like, content of the day. It was the Snapchat mm. of the day. You just <laughs> yeah, had to see. Exactly. You had to see it, and it was gone. Yeah, 
It was like a the Instagram stories of 1950 was television. Yeah. It's like a radio show, you know, that, that yeah. isn't on digital radio. It's just like it gets broadcast and then that's it. You've just um you've just reminded me of another thing we haven't spoken about about the video store, which we'll probably throw in, especially mm. for you, because you are of the two of us, you're the most dirty pervert. Remember going up <laughs> to the counter and trying yeah. to rent a tape with a rating and yeah. you were a little bit too young for and the nerves mm. that would course through not so much for me because I was a good Catholic boy, but mm. you were into yeah. I was always trying to get into sick it. things and things that yeah. were not for you. You were actively trying to warp your own boy brain when you were mm, young. You were doing my best. Take thank God I didn't have the internet, or I would have been a real <laughs> sick puppy. You would take an <laughs> armful of R-rated and MA fifteen plus tapes <laughs> up to the counter, and you would have yeah. glued. You would have glued a bunch of cat's hair to your face and make it look like you had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I was even shorter then than I am now, so there wasn't much hope you'd of have succeeding. You have your little fake cat's hair beard and you'd be smoking <laughs> cigarettes and drinking that reminds scotch me the- whiskey to make yourself look older. And you'd say, just give me, I would like to rent all of these European art house films, please. Video yeah. keeper. It's art. It's art. This is. Uh, so yeah, that was that always rem- give me nerves. Because I would that try was, and get tapes when I was That was nerve-wracking. And you would see at the beginning of the videos, there was a number of things that one would commonly see. One was an explanation for parental use, I imagine, or for parental informing of the various classifications of the film and television industry. Right, yeah. Uh, or the film and television censor. In Australia, they had a a kind of family watching movies and <clears throat> as the, you'd start with G and it was like the whole family is relaxed and cool about this. Yeah. Then you'd go to PG parental guidance and maybe you'd, there'd be a depiction of a kid who might be, you know, 10 or 11 looking a bit concerned and the par- parent just going, it's fine. It's just fake blood or whatever. Then yeah. you get to M and maybe like the youngest kid would disappear and the teenage yep. kid would stick around then you get to MA and the parents would just be watching it and maybe like their adult child. And then you get to R and it was just basically like the dad jerking off I think, <laughs> and he's by himself. <laughs> it was pitch black. The windows were drawn and he'd, <laughs> and you could hear his wife banging on the locked door. <laughs> <laughs> the game's almost over, honey. Just one more second. <laughs> I really need him to get another touchdown. Let me in. <laughs> I know. There's no game on. That doesn't sound like football to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then there'd be this thing which um about video piracy, which was of a course, massive thing. The famous yeah. video piracy warnings. Yeah, you wouldn't steal a car. Yeah, exactly. Which, which always used to annoy uh, our friend Harley, who's a, a shout out to Harley, a listener of the show, because he knew, as I did as a lawman, that uh, <laughs> stealing is a crime and video piracy is just breach of copyright. <laughs> it's not. There's, there's an intellectual pro- property infringement at worst, but it's not about. Uh, it's not about the commission of an offence of a criminal offence. <laughs> There's um, been great, some great memes around those video piracy warnings. Like somebody, there was just a, um, I saw a great one where there was a sort of USB outlet um, mm. on a building and, and somebody just mm-hmm. taken a photograph of the USB sort of in the building and it just said, you wouldn't steal a house with that saying. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody was downloading the entire house into the USB stick and it had that very, the same kind of... Um, it's a very uh, distinct lettering, that kind yeah. of, you wouldn't steal a this video piracy yeah, yeah, lettering. Yeah. And if we would, hey, all the lawyers would just shout, but it's not theft. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. I feel like if this was a visual podcast, right now mm. we would start playing a montage of mm. the exteriors of video stores fading in and out of each other and mm. we'd be playing... Green Day's Time of Your Life. 
<laughs> it's something unpredictable. Be fading in and out. You'd be seeing shelves full of tapes and popcorn and refrigerators full of soft drink and video cards. Yeah. And you've something unpredictable. One thing that is a bit out of sync with our discussion, but I just want to use it because I did the research, is that Blockbuster, the king of the video stores was Blockbuster. Correct. Founded in 1985 in Dallas, Texas. There you go. And Blockbuster, as I understand it, used to have something like 9,000 plus stores. Correct. At its peak in 2004, Blockbuster mm, had more than mm. 9,000 stores worldwide. And employed something like 85,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. Filed for bankruptcy in 2010. So shout out to uh, Blockbuster, the, uh, the king of the era. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to... Entering the video store in the metaverse because I'm sure my like my metaverse mm. and your metaverse, John, will just just be a kind of 80s, 90s nostalgia <laughs> metaverse where we'll wake up in the morning and instead of houses on my street, it's just going to be video stores and video game arcades and fish yeah. and chip shops, yeah, and movie theaters. That's going to be my metaverse, and I'm going to pop into the metaverse video store and. Pick out a bunch of digital tapes and take them home, share them with a friend. <laughs> I can't wait. We'll finally get to <clears throat> use new technology to get back to where we came from. Imagine that. Come full Ima- circle. Imagine having a video. Imagine having a video store. Yeah, uh, you could have a you could have a metaverse date with a girlfriend, and she could say, mm. "What are you going to do?" And you'd be in the you'd be in your metaverse apartment, and you'd say, "Let's pop down." To the yeah. Metaverse video store, we'll pick out a tape and yeah. we'll take oh, it man. back to, and then we'll pop over to the pizza shop and we'll get a oh. large supreme I'm, garlic I'm getting bread. getting butterflies. I cannot wait. Ga- garlic bread. And then we'll go back to my house and we'll watch the videotape. It won't have been rewound. It won't mm. have been rewound. And we'll need to spend <laughs> the first 20 minutes of the date waiting for In the tape to rewind. awkward silence. Yeah. And then, and then it'll turn out. That there's a problem with a tape and it won't play properly. There's a problem with the tape. Luck of the draw. And you'll and you'll say, "Look, this has been fun, but I'm getting really tired and I've uh, got yeah. a early morning." And you'll go home, and that'll be the end of our metaverse day. And I'll, and say, I'll turn off my computer. That was just how it used to be, and it feels yeah. so right to me. <laughs> <laughs> my apartment's just going to be like a. Carbon copy of Jerry Seinfeld's apartment. <laughs> Just have virtual Kramer popping through the door every two seconds. You have a little button to press when Kramer will pop through the door. So we want to say thanks, everybody, for tuning into this very special video store, video rental, video look back at the video mm. era that me and John grew up with. Want to just say, anybody who's a bit younger, if that was unpleasant, just write us in and say, <laughs> I didn't relate to any of that and it was very boring. We won't do them again, but yeah. we thought we would give it a try. And we yeah. thought, even if you've never touched tape before, if you're a young 12 year old and you're crawling around on the floor, you're looking up and you're saying, I don't know, what's going on with this podcast? I've, ne- I've never touched tape. Write us in. <laughs> Yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> you've never worried about scratching something because it's a physical object yeah, that can be damaged. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and you're 12 years out. old and you're <laughs> and you're just you're walking around in your pop in your pull-ups. <laughs> Go. Go. And you didn't <laughs> there was nothing in there for you. Just let me know, and the next one yeah. will be all about TikTok again. And also, we might, I might have to call uh, child services and get get your situation looked into. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where we can do this is the great thing about us is we can do old or we can do new. Hey, kids, I'm on TikTok yeah. too. I know what's going on. I'm I'm a touch. I'm yeah. t- I type pretty fast. I make videos. Exactly. I'm hip mm. to the groove. If you want, I get it. I get it, kids. No cap. One, no cap facts. <laughs> On God. On God. 
You're not. I ain't. I ain't your. I ain't your your chuggy podcast host. I say no, no, no. And maybe you guys have some video store memories you want to write in about. Mm. You can chuck them on maybe the next episode. Love that. Thanks, everybody, so much for tuning into episode number 62 of Don't Praise the Machine. That was the video store special, and we really think that you enjoyed it because we really enjoyed giving it to you as well. Remember the tapes. Remember the large pizzas, Supreme Coke, garlic bread. Fun for the whole family. Said it last week, saying it again this week. Don't Praise the Machine. It's the podcast that's fun for the whole family. I've been sat digitally, as I am every single week, to my number one. Pod Pilot Pepper Prancer Shakalaka Thanks everybody for joining us this week I've enjoyed it very very much as I always do Thank you to my co-host Alexander Holland Next week we're going to bring you episode number 63 We're talking You, Me and Dupree The Owen Wilson Classic Beautiful. <laughs> That's been this week's episode, guys, and we'll see you next week at the podcast.